69 offense. He was giving them the business. I like Pittsburgh, I always have. If, if they had a bigger airport, I'd live here. <laughs> and that was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Playoffs? What talk about? Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Hello and welcome to the 12th episode of the Backyard Football Podcast. I'm Nick Hosshalter. And I'm Nathan Grella. And I am Brock Owens. Wow, big surprise. We've actually got a guest this week. <laughs> yeah, the long-awaited arrival of Brock is finally here. Um, Brocktober may be over, but that's okay. We've got to come up with a way to incorporate Brock into November. Yeah, Brock, Brock Vember doesn't sound as good. but no, November Brock. Okay. Okay. We can we can go with that. All right. We'll <laughs> so, um, Brock, tell us about yourself. Um, well, so pretty much nothing special here. Go to school here at uh, Waynesburg. Uh, I'm 19. Went to school, uh, Richland High School, D6. Right now, Richland is um ranked fourth in the state for double a so they're doing pretty solid yeah it's them in southern columbia on that other side of the bracket are gonna be two really interesting teams to watch over there yeah they gotta face uh well if they get through because they got pens valley right now who i believe is ranked 10th in the state yeah and then if they beat that they'll have Linganer valley who is ranked third i believe so they'll have to beat those two teams and then win another game just to get the Southern Columbia. So yeah. it's a tough ride. Oh, yeah. But if they get there, it'll definitely be interesting for sure. Um, I have some experience with Richland in that I play hockey uh, against Richland just about every year, twice a year. And they're an interesting team to play against because they're really never good enough to win the championship. They're never really bad enough to, like, get beaten really badly so they're they're always like a tough competition like we beat them by like one or two goals yeah that's our hockey team that's that's one of our worst sports as far as other sports football we've been pretty good this decade we we weren't particularly great uh for a little while there, going about like maybe four and six but at the beginning of the decade we went 10 and 0 for a couple of years the last two years we've been 10 and 0 so yeah, definitely a powerhouse as far as District 6 2A football goes. Um, so this weekend, Nick will be out of town, and I will be running the gimbal. If you haven't been able to check it out on YouTube on the Starting Bench Warmer, we've been releasing a couple recap videos. Some, like, I don't know, I try to make them look like, like uh, HBO Hard Knocks type stuff, but I'm, I, it doesn't really come <laughs> close. But I'm, I'm, that's what I'm going for. And the reception has been pretty good, but I'll be running the gimbal for that. Um, and Brock, you will be tweeting out playoff football, Still Rocks, uh, West Green this weekend. So taking over, uh, really look forward to it. Because you do a really good job filming videos every week. Um, your your you. phone is much better quality than mine. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, let's go over the 1A bracket here, moving into actual football. Yeah, so we've got a lot to talk about. Um, it was an action-packed week. We had a few surprises, a few blowouts, maybe some games that were a little closer than we expected. Um, so really just jumping right into it here, um, Olsh versus Claritin. <laughs> what, and, and we thought Olsh would put up a little bit more of a fight in this one, didn't we? <laughs> like yeah. they're, they're like obviously Whipple champs, so 
or not? Yeah, they, yeah, we build champs from last year, so we thought they would at least like score points, but they didn't even do that against the Clareton Bears, who are coming into the playoffs and is basically just them and a lot of other really good teams. But they're so far ahead of the competition right now; it's not even funny. Yeah, they put a forty-one nothing whooping on them, um, <laughs> man. And really, what you're asking right now is: is there anyone that has a chance to upset them? Because they are looking so hot right now. And we might be um, previewing two of those teams uh, here coming up soon. Um, California Cornell, another close one. Well, the only close one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, so um, this, was a, this was a very close game for California, maybe a little closer than we expected. Um, California was leading this game for most of it, too. So almost an upset for the four and five seeds. Although California was probably more of an eight seed. They just put them at five to keep Jeanette. Down, yeah. yeah, and uh, California came real close, uh, ends up losing 27-32, to 32, a real heartbreaker. Um, they felt like they had a good chance. Um, maybe we didn't give them enough credit, but they came out and fought hard. And, you know, this was almost a pretty good upset for them, and I feel like in some ways this is kind of a good encapsulation of their season where they were so close and just couldn't quite put it together. Yeah, definitely, um, especially in conference play where the – they came up against West Green, and there there was just such a huge talent gap. Like they were very good, but against very good teams, they uh, faltered. So that's kind of the way California season came to an end here. Um, just kind of blowing it there in the fourth quarter. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we got Cornell and Clareton this Friday. Um, should be an interesting matchup, Nick. Yeah, um, I mean, Clariton is just so hot right now. Um, you know, Cornell's coming into this game, coming off of a win. They're feeling pretty good about themselves. You know, maybe a come-behind, tough, you know, stick-it-out kind of victory that builds character. But they're looking ahead to Clariton. And I think both California and Cornell were looking ahead to that Clariton game the next week and just thinking, man, if we can just pull something out here, we have the chance to get go up against one of the best teams in the state, if not the best. You can make an argument for Cornell looking ahead, but I think California coming in um, as low as they did with only seven wins, I think that was kind of a more must-win game. Like They were definitely outmatched talent-wise, and they were winning that game. So I wouldn't say they were looking ahead necessarily. What I mean, um, <laughs> what I mean by that is they were looking ahead to that matchup and realizing that that's going to be... Not close. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. So... Uh, let's make our predictions. I think Clareton will win this one pretty easily. Yeah, this um, this shouldn't be too much of a surprise after what Clareton did to Olsh last, last week. Um, they came in as pretty heavy favorites on this side of the bracket, and for good reason. Um, they really haven't been heavily challenged at all this year, um, and 41 nothing just proves that. I think shutting out Olsh was big for them. They have all the momentum. Uh, Cornell, like I said, might have a little bit of emotion coming off the last game. But the fact of the matter is that California is not a supremely talented team. They're very good, but they're not supremely talented. And I think if Cornell wanted a chance at beating Clariton, they would have had to win by more than five. All right. And Brock, who do you think will win this game? It's going to be Clariton. There's no way that uh, Cornell can beat them. Only five-point victory over Cal, and now they got to go up against probably the toughest team in this side of the bracket and even the state in yeah. single A. I mean, what was that? What was the Clareton-West Green score during the year? It was like 42-7, right? The Bears over the Pioneers, and then the Pioneers just completely dominated California. So 
We love to use the transitive property of football. Um, I think it works pretty well in the favor of the Bears here. So um, let's move on to the other two games here uh, in the 1A bracket. For the Whippeal, Jeanette and Stowrocks. Um, defensive battle here. I think it was like 9-6 to six for most of this game. Um, Stowrocks gets a touchdown late to win it. Uh, they go up 15-6 to six and go to the next round. Um, Jeanette was thought to be the second best team in this bracket. Um, that's why they were put on this side of the bracket. They put them at, what, the the seven seed just to keep them away from Clareton to avoid a rematch. Um, so maybe we could have seen the Jeanette-Clareton Whitfield Championship, but Jeanette goes out in the first round. Uh, what does that say about the Vikings? I mean, their defense was just very impressive. Uh, Jeanette, we talked about, has a very good offensive line. Um, maybe not the most explosive team, but they have it where it counts. And just it's I think you're asking the the question that we went back to with the whole West Green versus California uh, you know which team is this more representative of is this say more about the Jayhawks or the Vikings um, and we knew Jean- Jeanette was a really good team like we thought they would be the two seed or they probably deserved to be the two seed if they won their conference so um I think this says a lot more about Storox than it does Jeanette because Storox we didn't really see them really challenged as much during the regular season obviously they played good teams but they didn't. They're not in the Clareton Jeanette division, so they didn't. We didn't really get to see them match up with them. So I think this just puts an Storox another step ahead as far as a football team from what we thought they were. Yeah, and then you just gotta wonder, you know, are they gonna be able to carry that through uh, into a possible eventual matchup with Clareton? Because I don't think that's really. I mean, I guess this isn't too surprising because Storox is a great team. Um, this isn't really a shocking upset. But maybe a little different than some people would have expected. It should still be a great game. Um, we'll definitely, get, when that time comes, if it comes, we'll get into a lot more detail. Um, but yeah. Yeah, and we'll be talking about Storox here in a little bit. But first off, we got to talk about the game that we went to uh, Greensburg Central Catholic at West Green. And we thought this game would be competitive and close and gritty, and the, the field conditions were not uh, too great. I don't know. And, uh, it didn't end up like that. It was a 36 nothing blowout by West Green. I think it was like, what, 28-29-nothing at the end of the first half or something. Um, it was not close one bit. Pioneers dominated in every aspect of the game. Um, Nick, do you have any opening thoughts about this one? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Coming into this game, I wasn't confident that it would necessarily be close. But I, I think maybe competitive would be a better word to use. Maybe a two or three maybe two and a half, three touchdown lead uh, for West Green at the end of this game. But they came out and really just put a whooping on yeah. <laughs> on uh, Greensburg Central Catholic and kind of just, they're back in the swing of things. Uh, West Green's doing West Green things again, um, running the ball well, playing good defense. Um, and really probably the most surprising part of this game for me um, maybe it wasn't necessarily even the score because we've seen West Green do this so much that they've been improving as a team. That's not too surprising. But I think one of the most incredible parts is how West Green's secondary has developed into at least adequate and maybe even more, more than adequate. Yeah, I mean, Greensburg Central Catholic, I think the conditions really hurt them. It was cold. It was muddy. The field, uh, obviously grass field, something Greensburg Central Catholic is not used to at all. Um 
they were, it was just it was just such an equalizer between the two teams, the conditions. Um, Greensboro Central Catholic tried to run the ball, didn't work at all. Um, Which is not surprising. Well, it doesn't work against West Green, period. Yeah. So, And they're much more of a well-rounded passing team anyway. They tried to throw the ball, and then the secondary just stepped up and came out of nowhere. And something that, had they again, they hadn't really been tested all year. Um, and we really saw them play really well. Austin Krause had a strip and score. Um, Nathan Orndorff had a penal- pass interference penalty that was a little bit questionable, but uh, that that was probably the only negative from the secondary. Uh, Gavin Scott, a corner, re- really played well against, um, uh, I forget his name, but Greensboro Central Catholic has a really good wide receiving core. Uh, and they just shut him down. And one thing I really I think helped was also getting Andrew Litton back at middle linebacker because that kind of opened up Austin Grouse to play more of in a safety role than up on the line like we've seen him play the first game, couple games. So uh, it just added another dimension to their team. Yeah, and I, I think this is really something that we've been looking at for West Green for a long time because they haven't been tested. And then they the one time they are tested end up going against what turns out to be the number one team in the state. Um, you can't expect too much from West Green, um, especially considering how Claritin's been playing recently, even after that game. Um, I think that loss maybe isn't quite as bad as people might have thought, and I think West Green's gotten a lot better since then, so it'll be an exciting matchup uh, down the road. Not saying that they're going to end up playing each other for sure, but these are two very good teams, and I would be surprised to see them meet again. Yeah. So um, this game was, I mean... Ben Jackson was good, but it was more of in a setup role. Uh, Colin Walker was the red zone runner on this game, and he ended up having two touchdowns, and that's something you really like to see because Colin Walker, he was very good in the first half of the season, but kind of underused in the second half. Uh, and then we just saw him shine in this game. Um, not of much. They didn't really throw the ball at all. Um, they didn't have to. They might have to this week. Um, we'll see how that goes because we know that Obviously, Still Rock's defense is one of the best in the state in 1A, so that'll probably be something that Gavin Scott will have to add to his game in the next week against the Vikings, but um, just definitely a good win for West Green. Yeah, and we're certainly not expecting the West Green to come out and throw maybe even 10 or 15 passes in a game. That's just not who they are. But if they can get a couple timely plays on you know, maybe like a 3rd and 6 or a 3rd and 8, um, you know, that, that could really help them a lot. And another thing I wanted to note for this game is that West Green had two defensive touchdowns in the first quarter. And I think in some ways that is such a damaging thing to a team's momentum um, for Greensburg Central Catholic when you give up those two touchdowns. I mean, they had the ball three possessions in a row because they had they had two defensive touchdowns. They couldn't keep they, they couldn't move the ball down the field. Um and that's one thing their head coach said was was kind of um, stopped Greensboro Central Catholic from succeeding in this game or even the scoring was that the, those two defensive touchdowns just killed their their confidence and yeah. that that kind yeah. of led through the rest of the game for them. So uh, let's move into our preview of Stow Rocks and West Green. Um, obviously, Brock, you're doing the tweeting for this game, so. Have you done a West Green game before? I don't think you have. Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, I was at the one game, the first game of the year, so I got to see what Ben Jackson is like and the rest of this West Green team. And uh, Ben Jackson, he just he can't really be stopped by anybody, even by 
Clareton when they only put seven points up on the board, but he still had 158 rushing yards. So it's not like they stopped him. So I think if they can just get him the ball and then they have those other weapons, they can they can put some points up on the board, even against this good Stowe Rocks defense. Yeah, for sure. Um, West Green secondary, just heading off to the West Green defense, um, they were they were tested against Greensburg Central Catholic. Like they, it's not like Greensburg Central Catholic came in as more of a well-rounded team, although they were. They definitely tried to air the ball out, and um, West Green just shut them down in all aspects of the passing game. And that's something we again we haven't seen from the Pioneers. Storox is going to throw it just as just as every bit as much as the Centurions did. Um, but probably with more weapons and a better... Definitely. Like, their quarterback is really good. He's really dynamic. He's a good mobile threat as well as with his arm. Really accurate. So, um, they, have they really played a quarterback of that caliber yet all year? Beside Clarendon? I don't think so. I don't think so. And I guess the question is, like, how would you compare West Green's defense to Jeanette's defense? I'd say they're... I'd say Storax is... Or, Storrocks, not yeah. I think no, Storrocks is a little bit better. No, I no, I'm I mean Jeanette. Oh, because, Jeanette. Okay. Because I think if West Green holds Storrocks to 15 points, they win this game. That's yeah. That and yeah. I so, can see that. So the question is, does West Green play as well or better than Jeanette? Because Jeanette's defense didn't let them down. I mean, allowing 15 points to Storrocks is not bad at all. You know, it was their offense, and I think West Green's offense is good enough in this game that they can score more than 15 points. So the question is, does their defense do the same? Well, is their offense good enough to score? Like their offense wasn't good enough to score 15 points against um, Clareton. So is Storrock's defense as good or better than Clareton? Because if it is, then they don't have a chance to win this game. I don't think if they don't score points because. Um, West Green is definitely going to be playing more of a bend but don't break defense against the uh, against this quarterback. Like they're gonna they're gonna play all right on defense, but I don't think it'll be really spectacular because this is a very good team. What do you think about the big plays on the defensive line that West Green has made a name for themselves doing? Do you think they're going to be able to get pressure on the quarterback? Do you think they're going to be able to get sacks, tackles for loss, stuff like that? Um, there's a good chance their offensive line isn't extremely like strong like they they have certain guys that are really good but it's not really compact it's kind of like we see from west green earlier in the year where they had like that one offensive lineman that was really smaller than the others it's kind of like that where it's like they have two like really good linemen and then they have like three like middle of the road kind of average ones so you you'd hope they get a lot of pressure but they're playing a quarterback that will probably be able to read that a little better than like the Centurions quarterback or Coach East Ryan or whoever yeah. like like they're playing a they're playing a team with so many weapons um it's not even close to what they faced except for Clareton so I think this could be a close game but like but I think it's gonna be like you know a Low little score. bit yeah <laughs> just yeah. It, yeah the Vikings have a better chance of winning this game I think but not as big as Clareton. So it's going to be somewhere between the two for me. Yeah, I think that's pretty... That's a very safe statement for sure. Um, so yeah, yeah, Eric Wilson, quarterback for Storox, nearly 2,800 yards on the year passing. So <laughs> definitely more of a true passing team. 
Yeah, that's that's a lot for high school. I mean, you talk about, especially with the teams we cover, having 1,500 yards being good. Um, you don't see quarterbacks throw the ball a lot in 1A, so that's going to be very interesting to watch. All right, so let's make our predictions. Uh, I'll let you go first, and then Brock and then me. Uh, I've got West Green in this game. Maybe it's just me being blinded by following this team the whole year and watching Ben Jackson play on a weekly basis, watching this defensive line play on a weekly basis. But, you know, they're confident. They're excited. Um, Stowe Rocks is definitely more of a traditional power than West Green. I think West Green carries some of that underdog sentiment into this game, even though they have been so dominant. And I mean, they are the two seed, so... I know. Yeah. But, you know... We heard them, what, first playoff win since 1993? Yeah. And so they're they're kind of trying to make up for many difficult seasons. And with that kind of attitude, I think they're going to be playing really hard. And you don't really need to give Ben Jackson an excuse to play hard. So we'll see what he does this week. But I think West Green comes away with a close win. Uh, I also will take West Green. It's, I think it'll be a close game. Maybe not quite like it could be a one possession game or a two possession game but I think probably not more than a two possession game uh the defense for West Green very very solid uh along the defensive line and the linebackers I think and the offense just too many good uh rushers moving it down the field and with the amount of points West Green put up last week as well um, I can see them scoring some points on Stow Rock, so I think the defense plays good enough to hold them and just outscore them by a touchdown or two. Yeah, I think with the, both calibers of this defense is going to be more of a low-scoring game. Um, you look at Ben Jackson and this quarterback, and you think, well, they, they could go really high, but like both these defenses are so talented. Uh, it's going to be very close to what we saw from the Jeanette Storrocks matchup. Um, West Green, and I've said it sounds like I'm leaning towards Storrocks right now, but honestly, the secondary from West Green was so impressive in their win over Greensboro Central Catholic. Like, although the field conditions were what they were, um, they just dominated the game. Um, their secondary did. So I think that'll be more of the difference in this game. Uh, Storrocks, again, more of a passing team. If Nathan Orndorff plays amazing, doesn't get any penalties, obviously. Um, if And we, he's a guy that kind of was uh, playing one of his first games um, the other day. Uh, I think West Green takes this one close. I'd predict maybe like 21-17 or something. Uh, ben Jackson gets a couple touchdowns, but uh, beside that, it's going to be really low scoring, really competitive, and very exciting, um, but I don't think either one of these teams, if they win, they'll really have a chance against Clareton. So uh, it, it's kind of disappointing to say that, but it, it kind of it it looks like that's the what the reality of it is. Yeah, I think that's very fair. Um, but we don't have to get into that quite this week. Um, we'll be talking about that a little more in the in the next coming weeks. All right. So is that the end of our one A? <laughs> here so we're both predict so both all three of us are predicting the same matchup for the woman 1a Whitfield championship next week in west green and clareton rematch and hopefully that's a little bit closer than the first it probably <laughs> I, I think it will be but i still think clareton yeah. would win that but we don't have to get into that nope not yet <laughs> all right so we got 
Well, let's move into 2A. Um, way more teams to talk about, but a lot of teams that we're not very learned on. At least me and Nick. I don't know about you, being a 2A boy yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you know a couple of these teams, but uh, Nishanik, Sarah Catholic. Uh, we're going to start out with the teams that we barely know anything about. Um, <laughs> Nishanik, Sarah Catholic. Nishanik won 31 13. Uh, Brentwood at East Allegheny. Brentwood won 28 19. Nishanik and Brentwood playing each other. Uh, the one seed versus the two seed in that little uh, fourteen bracket. Uh, who do you think takes this one, Nick? You know, I was just um, looking at these teams' schedules because, like we said, neither of us have really been covering these games. Um, both teams are nine and two right now. Uh, Brentwood's losses came to Keystone Oaks to start the year by five points, and then they were pretty. And then a Burgettstown loss by three points, close loss to Burgettstown. You know, and you look at the you look at the, these games and you think, man, this is a pretty, pretty darn close scores. You know, um, this is a team that could easily be ten and zero right now. Um, as for Nishanik, um, they not quite as close, but they also played Avonworth to start the year. That was a twenty-one to seven loss. That's pretty impressive. Um, obviously, Avonworth has gotten better as the year's gone on, so you wouldn't expect them to be quite as dominant in Week 1, but still, that might have been one of the closest games, if not the closest game that Avonworth has played this year without looking at their schedule. And then you also have a loss to New Brighton, 31-18, and that's another team that's expected to make a pretty decent run in the playoffs this year. So this is going to be a pretty good matchup. Um, I like Nishanik in this game. Um, I, I'm impressed with their losses a little more than... Burgettstown, even though Burgettstown was closer, I think Nishanik might have had some um, better games against better opponents. But what do you guys think? Um, it, it should be a good matchup. It should not be a blowout either way, no matter which team wins it. Um, if I had to pick a winner, I would probably go Brentwood. I Nishanik, impressive. And as far as their first-round matchups in the playoffs go... That that was also much more impressive as they got a thirty-one to thirteen win. Brentwood only won by nine, but from what I know, Brentwood is a pretty solid team and they've improved a lot over the year, I think. And um, East Allegheny, who Brentwood faced in the first round, I don't think they're. A particularly bad team so to only beat them by nine that that's not bad for Brentwood so I think a very close game could go either way but Brentwood pulls it out yeah I remember last week we were talking about how East Allegheny was one of those teams that you looked at and you thought this could they could have that upset and that turned out to be New Brighton instead over Apollo Ridge um, but Brentwood we were very high on East Allegheny at least I was last week yeah um, and Brentwood was able to pull out that win at home by nine, of course. Um, so Nishanik with an easier win, but definitely an easier team to play. I think Sarah Catholic was one of the weaker teams in this in this competition. So I think I'm going to go with Brentwood close in this one. It's definitely going to be a good game, but um, Brentwood is more of that downhill rushing, you know, gritty football team, um, and Nishanik is more of the high flying offense type. So I'm going to go with the Spartans to take this win. And that's never a bad bet in, when it comes November and the weather gets nasty. Um, that's definitely something we saw on Friday. Yeah. All right, so uh, 
Let's move it into another group of four teams. Avonworth crushed Southmoreland 41-0. Avonworth is a really stinking good football team this year. They might be the best team in um, in the Whipple and 2A right now, um, based on how Washington played the other night. Um, they took this one. New Brighton beat Apollo Ridge in that upset of 7 over, 7 over 12. No, 12 over 7 matchup. Uh, New Brighton won 35 to 21. So Avonworth plays New Brighton this weekend. Uh, who do you guys have taking in this one? Um, I think Avonworth is a pretty safe bet, honestly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, we weren't really expecting New Brighton to get here. I don't think it's shocking necessarily, but um, Avonworth is just too good. Uh, they're one of those teams that's on a different level. Um, the fact that we're talking about them being serious or even favorite competition against Washington says a lot. Um, they have too many athletes. 41-0, that says a lot. Um, shutting out a team in the playoffs says a lot. So, Yeah, um, this is definitely an Antelope's victory here. Uh, if I, wouldn't, I would pick the Antelope strongly over any team except for maybe Wash High at this point. So, Avonworth for this one. Yeah, it's not that New Brighton's a bad team. It's that Avonworth's a great team. So, i got to go with them. It. it I don't think it'll be as bad as the first round for how bad Ad- Avonworth beat Southmoreland, but it, it I don't think it'll be particularly close either. Maybe two or three touchdowns. Yeah, that's, I think that's a very fair bet. All right, and then let's move into the another upset of the week, probably the biggest upset. Uh, Burgettstown came into this bracket as the three seed, uh, Riverside came in as the 14th seed, and in a shootout win, the River Riverside Raiders, I believe, I, I'll have to look that up. Riverside wins 42 to 35 over Burgettstown. Big upset. Uh, they'll they'll go on to play McGuffey here. Um, just overall thoughts from the Burgettstown upset, Nick. Yeah, um, I think this wasn't really the one that people were talking about. Um, there was definitely some talk over the new Brighton Apollo Ridge game. There was some hubbub about who's going to win that. Um, you know, maybe the seedings were a little inaccurate and all that. All that. But you know, this is what playoff football is all about. Um, high flying. You know, shootout, win by seven. Um, came down to the last couple of possessions. Um, it's an exciting game. Um, and I don't know. I mean, it's. I I'm, I don't think I'm quite as shocked about this just because anytime you allow a team to score 42 points you know there's always that possibility for a shootout upset you're a little disappointed with Burgettstown's defense because I think 35 points is certainly respectable for a playoff football game um but I guess it's now you know Burgettstown doesn't have the privilege of getting beaten up by Avonworth or Wash High later in the later in this uh, playoff bracket so yeah, um, just a good win, I guess. They'll go on to play another tough opponent, um, maybe a tougher opponent, in the McGuffey Highlanders. Speaking of McGuffey, they won their game 54-23, to and Brock was there. So maybe he can tell us a little bit more about this game. I was following it a little bit on Twitter um, off your account, and I, it, I think it was close there in the second quarter. It was. It was very close. South High was, or South High, South Side was going back and forth with them, honestly. Uh, it was really South Side got the ball first, and they went down and scored, and then McGuffey would score, and that happened really for a little while there. 
until uh, really close to the end of the first half, honestly, when they had a couple of really big plays, uh, one being a pick six by C.J. Cole. Um, There were a couple of players that really made a huge impact for McGuffey. The biggest one, like the player of the game type, would be Nate Yeagle. I mean, he, he had a kick return for a touchdown. He had a receiving touchdown. He had two rushing touchdowns. He just really just went at it. Um, and then they, everyone seemed to get a touchdown, too, because Marshall Whipke threw the touchdown to Nate Yeagle, and he ran one in. His brother, McKinley, had a long rushing touchdown. And then, like I said before, C.J. Cole had that big pick six at the end of the half. So they have quite a few athletes on their team. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's something we saw from the McGuffey-Wash High game is that although Wash High won that game, uh, the athletes from McGuffey were really playing well, especially guys like C.J. Cole, you said. Um, we had a couple touchdowns in that game, too. Um do you think, look, just looking at Riverside briefly, do you think McGuffey will have um, a better or worse chance to win this game than Southside? Because we saw, I mean, Riverside's the lower seed, um, but Riverside's three losses come against Nishanik, Freedom, and Burgettstown. Um, the Freedom won only by one point. So they're a couple scores away from being undefeated. Uh, they come in as the 14th seed, so this is a 5 versus 14th seed. Uh, what do you think McGuffey looks like just matching up with them? Uh, I think it's a solid matchup. It'll probably be a pretty high-scoring game, as you can see by the first round that uh, McGuffey put up 54, Riverside put up 42. So they obviously have some high-flying offenses. And uh, the... It, it'll be a really good matchup, but as far as uh, how it could go, McGuffey, I just, their offense is really well-rounded with, uh, they have two really good running backs in Nate Yeagle and McKinley uh, Whipke, and Marshall Whipke has thrown long passes I've seen. He's ran long runs. He's a great athlete as well with C.J. Cole, who is a huge target on the outside. So I, I think they'll probably win the game. But Riverside, I mean, they just upset Burgettstown. So it, River, it's yeah. a good... Riverside is a team that's been steadily getting better throughout the year, obviously getting... They were they started off the year 0-2 with those losses against Freedom and Nishanik. Um but uh, they're a very young team. Only four seniors and two juniors on their team. Uh, and McGuffey is a much, much older team. Obviously, Nate Yeagle is a sophomore, which is really exciting. But, of course, Marshall Whipke is a senior. C.J. Cole is a senior. Um, Jared Johnson is a junior. So a lot of their, um, their key athletes are all seniors, and you really need that experience here in the playoffs. So moving into picks, I like McGuffey in this one. Yeah, and I think... McGuffey at some points you got to remember they had they had some chances against Wash High and if a couple plays you know go their way that could have been a very different game I don't know if necessarily they would have won but I feel like in some ways McGuffey didn't deserve to lose in the way that they did the game kind of ran away from them at the end you know you had that Philly special the score touchdown you had some turnovers you know it it really felt I mean the game was tied 14-14 at one point um and if McGuffey, 
I, they have they looked good then. They looked good in their last win. I, I'm pretty comfortable with taking them in this matchup. And another thing you look at on the roster for Riverside is that um, what's the one kryptonite for McGuffey we've seen? It's good defensive line play, right? Getting pressure. Um, the Riverside team does not have a single junior or senior on both of their lines. So this is definitely a strength versus a strength matchup here between the Riverside Panthers and the McGuffey Highlanders. So I think McGuffey's just a little bit more um, talented as far as weapons here. Uh, I agree. Uh, McGuffey will probably win. It, it, it Riverside could win, though. They, they just came off the upset of Burgettstown, like we've said, and when you get an upset like that, you just believe in your team so much more. And when you have that belief, it's it's really about that. Like most of the game is honestly mental. Like obviously you need the athletes or you're not gonna win. But once you have the athletes, which they obviously do, yeah, you you gotta believe you can win. And and they do right now, and that's for sure. But I will go with McGuffey in a very close game. All right, and then let's move into the final part of the bracket. Um, Freedom, with an upset against Charleroi, although they were the eighth seed, I think we knew this game was going to be close. Um, We talked about how Freedom is a very heavy team against Charleroi, who's a very light team, Um, and we talked about how they needed to get the ball out in space to Legend Davis if they were going to win. Only 17 points. Freedom's defense stepped up big in this one and uh, was able to win. Um, last week we looked at this game and we're like, well, we could see a Charlie Wash High matchup, but then we wouldn't get to cover it. But it looks like we're not covering it anyway, even though Charlie lost. Um, just uh, freedom advancing is really impressive for me. I think we all thought Charleroi was a marginally pretty good team. Um, I-, I think this is a little bit surprising, at least. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think Charleroi kind of got a bit of a bad draw playing freedom. Um, this certainly wasn't a guarantee. Like, it, it didn't feel like anything close to a guaranteed win for Charleroi, you know. And I mean, they came in as the nine seed, and Freedom was the eight seed. So you, you know, Charleroi might have been a little bit less favored in the bracket than maybe they deserved. Um, I think I might have put them as a little higher than a nine seed, but there's all kinds of other considerations that goes in this bracket besides the teams that are the best. You know, they want to preserve those marquee matchups for the end end of the bracket. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's, it's tough for Charleroi. Um, I feel like they might have felt like they deserved a little bit better after a very respectable season, but like you said, they don't get the pleasure of playing Wash High next week. Um, although, after how Wash performed... Oof. <laughs> Last week, they might have been looking at a potential upset if they won. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that a little well, bit? Washington ended up beating Shayside 21-7, which is not something we... I mean, we knew they'd win, um, but we certainly didn't think it would be that close. Um, maybe they went up 21-0 and then pulled the starters. I don't know. Uh, what I do know is uh, Gerald Comedy wasn't street close for this game. So that is not something you want to look at if you're a Wash High fan. Um, because Gerald Comedy, again, is one of those key cogs in that really good defensive line, and they're playing a team with a really good offensive line. So you want to be able to pressure the quarterback a little bit more. Um, when I mean, when Zakai Marshall is in, he plays well, but uh, Freedom is definitely... There's a big gap between Freedom 
Freedom's lines and McGuffey's lines as far as creating pressure. So I don't know if Zach High Marshall will be that big of a threat if, if Gerald Comedy isn't in the game. Um, but we will see. Uh, Freedom has a very good, strong defense. Do you think the Freedom secondary will be able to hold them back? I don't think the Freedom secondary will be able to hold them yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, that's not the matchup they're looking at. Um, I think it's going to come down to, like you said, that, that matchup in the trenches. Um, Freedom having a good offensive line. Can they run the ball on Washington? Can they slow the game down? You know, because that's... That's definitely something that you need to beat Washington. You need to have long possessions, win the turnover battle, stuff like that. Um, and that's something that Freedom can do well in. I mean, if this is a low-scoring game, I think Freedom has a real shot at playing the upset. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, but, yeah, you do not want to get into a shootout with Washington, though. Yeah. That's not going to end well so. for pretty much anybody. Yeah. All right, so let's pick this game. Um, as good as Freedom was in that win, uh, I think Washington will pull it together here. Uh, maybe Gerald Comedy was just sitting out to rest um, because they're playing Shady Side, and that was kind of kind of an automatic win. Although for parts of this game, it didn't look like it. Um, I think Isaiah Edwards steps up in a big way again this week. He was kind of a no-show against Freedom uh, after a big big game against McGuffey. So um, I really think. I don't know if Michael Allen played or not. Uh, hopefully he plays in this game. If he does, that could be a real difference maker, a linebacker. So uh, I like Washington in this one, um, even though there there's a lot of questions as far as who's playing and who's not. Yeah, I mean, Washington still is the same, many of the same athletes that they did when they are blowing out teams. Uh, yes, they're struggling with injuries, but they're still a more physically dominant and talented team. Um so if they can just get their act together a little bit and get out of their own way, this should be a comfortable win. And I think, but I think this is a big matchup for Washington. Um, there's definitely an element of lack of confidence after only beating the 16th seed by 14 points when you're the number one seed. Um, that is not a good sign for Washington. They're going to be coming into this game looking to prove themselves. They're not going to take their foot off the gas. They're just going to come out and try to score as many points as they can and really make a statement win that they are a team to be feared in this bracket. I agree with Nick. I What I think is Washington mailed it in before the game started. As soon as they were, the brackets were put out, Washington said we won the first game and that's just how it is. And they did win the first game even though it was only a 14-point win. But when you don't even try to win the game and you still win like that that's a little bit impressive even though the game overall was not impressive by Washington I do think the Washington team is uh, just just too good even though freedom was did have a nice win last week it's always tough when you're that eight nine seed you you don't know it's it's very hard game because you know you're about on equal playing ground. It was a very close game, and they pulled it out. So good for Freedom for moving on to the next round, but Washington, they're talented, and and they're going to win this game by quite a few, I think. Yeah, and this was an emotional game for the Freedom Bulldogs, for sure. There was an emotional win. Uh, And what happens to teams after they get an emotional win? Crash. Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) Southmoreland had an emotional season, but... 
<laughs> they ended up getting blown out four to one nothing. So uh, I think if Freedom needs to come in poised if they want to take this one, um, and I don't think they will because Washington is there's such a there's still a great talent differential oh, yeah. between them and Freedom. So Freedom's going to have to come out with a really good game plan if they want to take this one. I don't think they do it. So. All right, that'll just about wrap up this podcast. We'll plug all of the places you can find us. You can follow me on at Nathan Grella on Twitter. You can follow Brock at. Uh, you can follow me Brock Owen sixteen on Twitter, or yeah, why not Brock underscore Owens on Instagram. All right, plug in the yeah. Instagram. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm, I'm a follower of that actually. So. Um, Let's see here. Uh, you can follow, or you can email us at, at, at nathangrella at gmail.com or nickhaas75 at gmail.com, haas spelled H-A-U-S. Or if you want to email Brock, you can email him at brockowens43 at gmail.com. All right. And then you can follow us on Facebook at Backyard Football Podcast. You can um, leave a like or a review on Apple Podcasts or listen to us on CastBox, which is where you're probably listening to this unless you really like Apple Podcasts and you saw that we posted it but then went over to the app or something. I don't know. Um, am I missing? Oh, you can read. I always forget it. You can read all of our great articles on westernpafootball.net. You can go listen to the Western PA Football Podcast, Fresh Set of Downs, pretty cool podcast that Billy Splain does. Um, really intriguing listen. So Yeah, and that goes into a lot more detail about the wide state of Pennsylvania football, not just the backyard. Uh, if you want to hear about the state colleges and the McDowells and the Pine Richlands of the world that we don't get to cover, the big bad boys that score a lot of points, uh, yeah, go check out Fresh Set of Downs. I'll tell you, man, State College has a really, really interesting matchup this weekend with McDowell. That That is going to be a good game. Unfortunately, State College has to drive four hours for it. So, oh my gosh. yeah, it's really frustrating. But yeah, I, think, I, I mean that's what happens when you lose to Central Dolphin at home. You don't get a good yeah exactly location. So, um, am I missing anything? No, I think we're good. Okay, this has been the Backyard Football Podcast. I'm Nathan. I'm Nick. And I'm Brock. And we'll see you all next week. You've been listening to the Backyard Football Podcast with Nathan Grella, Nick Househalter, and Brock Owens. The Backyard Football Podcast is a member of the Western PA Football Podcast Network. For more information follow the podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to the podcast on CastBox and Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening, and have a great day. Still here? It's over. Go home.
Go.